0: S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Grandpa's Globe. Previously on Grandpa's Globe, Sawyer and Susie met their grandma, Eleanor Boone. She told them how she was captured by the Nogar twins and forced to be their guide as they set up dragon crime operations all over the world. But on their last trip to Egypt, Grandma was able to escape and hide in Seti's tomb, where Grandpa and the twins discovered her. Grandma told them the dragon was going to try to beat them by starting several crime operations at once across the globe. Luckily, Grandma knows how to stop them. She took Grandpa and the twins to Japan to get a secret weapon that can put an end to the dragon once and for all. And now for Episode 19, Japan and the Four Samurai. Sawyer, Susie, Grandpa, and Grandma hurried through a busy city street. Skyscrapers and tall, colorful signs with beautiful writing hung over them. Susie thought the writing on the signs looked more like pretty drawings than actual words. Sawyer, too, was impressed. He could barely see the sky above them there were so many buildings. This place is huge, he said, almost running into a couple of people as he tried to keep up. That's an understatement, Grandma said, practically shoving people as they pushed through a crowd. Osaka's one of Japan's largest cities. We're talking over 19 million people. Is it the capital of Japan? Susie asked, walking within inches of Grandma and still captivated by her every word. Nope, but it's a very important port city in Japan. I brought you here to meet someone. Ellie, can you please slow down? Grandpa insisted, trying to catch his breath. Come on, Kip, suck it up! We're almost there! Grandpa was trying to satisfy the twins' curiosity as they moved quickly through the city, giving his usual tour while power walking was proving extremely difficult. He kept having to pause his instruction every time a cart or person abruptly passed in front of him. Japan is a string of islands on the eastern edge of Asia," he said, practically jogging. There are four main islands, Honshu, Shikoku, Hokkaido, and Kyushu, and almost 4,000 smaller islands. It's an extraordinary place. The mountainous landscape is gorgeous, and the people here are very hard working. They strive to bring honor to their family and people and they respect their elders. Something your generation back home should start doing. In fact, in general, they're so honorable that they're one of the few people we can actually trust with the secret of the Globetrotters. A tradition as ancient as many of their own. Kip, stop blabbing and stop moving! Grandma snapped. We gotta teach them something while we're here! Grandpa shot back. Sawyer stared with hungry eyes at all of the amazing street food carts they passed. The smells of fresh ramen noodles and sizzling meats wafted into the street and filled it with a delicious aroma. Grandma, I know this is important and we're in a hurry, but I'm starving. Can we please stop for a quick bite? Sawyer, you can wait, Susie said. But secretly, she was starving too and hoped Grandma would make a stop. ''No, I can't,'' Sawyer said. ''I'm seriously going to start eating one of my shoes.'' ''Now that I would stop to see,'' Grandma said, still speed walking. ''Don't worry, Sawyer. I can almost guarantee that when we stop, we'll be eating.'' ''Which will be in three, two, one.'' They turned a corner and stopped in front of a small food cart, alone in an alley. Sawyer and Susie thought it was weird that the stand was set up in such a narrow, isolated spot. Why wasn't it out on the main street where all the foot traffic was? It seemed the only customers they'd get back here would be stray cats. Standing behind the cart was a young Japanese girl, wearing a beautiful silk dress. Red and white flowers dotted the blue silk that hung down to the girl's ankles. Susie thought the long sleeves that drooped below the arms looked like a pair of blue silk wings. Grandma bowed and the girl returned the gesture. Konnichiwa, Grandma said. She looked back at the twins. That means hello in Japanese. It's proper etiquette to bow when greeting someone in Japan. You can either bow low at the waist like I just did or do a simple head bow like this. Go ahead, try it. Sawyer and Susie bowed to the girl, and she smiled and bowed back. Grandpa was the last to bow. He did so, still trying to catch his breath. Hold my back, he said, bracing his lower back. Watashi ni nani, nadikiru, asked the girl. Grandma leaned over to the twins. She asked what we would like. Tell her we'll take everything in her cart, Sawyer said. And one of those dresses if she's selling them, Susie added. Grandma and Grandpa laughed. Those are beautiful, aren't they? Grandpa agreed, straightening up. They're called kimonos. They're a formal dress and usually safe for special occasions or festivals. What's the occasion? Susie asked. Grandma smiled. Our arrival! She faced the girl and started spouting off Japanese as though she'd lived in Japan her whole life. Watching her talk made Sawyer's head spin. Even Grandpa looked confused. Did you just say what I thought you said? Grandpa asked. Your order didn't make any sense. Still smiling, the Japanese girl pushed her cart outward and it split into two pieces like an open doorway, revealing a staircase going down under the street. "'What was that, Kip?' Grandma smirked. Grandpa shook his head. "'I should have known.' "'Um, that was cool and all, but I'm still hungry,' Sawyer moaned. "'Yeah, yeah, follow me,' Grandma said, waving them down the stairs. The staircase took them down to an underground restaurant." Colorful paper lanterns dangled from the ceiling, dimly lighting the open dining room. There was only one diner in the whole place. A big, round Japanese man sat at the middle table, slurping noodles. Grandma walked up to him, followed by Grandpa and the twins. Haruto? Grandma said with a bow. Haruto's beaming face nodded. Eleanor, my fiery friend. So what do I owe the honor of your visit?" He dabbed his big cheeks with a napkin and motioned for them to sit down. We've come for the samurai, Grandma said. Haruto raised his eyebrows. The samurai? Is it time then? Grandma nodded. It is time for the four samurai to take up arms. We'll need them to defeat the dragon. "'Who are your friends?' Haruto asked, picking up an entire sushi roll with chopsticks and downing it in one bite. Grandma put her arms around the twins. "'These are my grandbabies, Soya and Susie. "'Aren't they peaches? Look at this girl, she's a doll. "'Soya, he's a yapper, but a lovable one. "'And that raggedy old dog is my husband, Kip.' "'Woof,' Grandpa said with a blank expression." Nice to meet you, Haruto said with a bow. Sawyer stepped forward. I don't mean to be rude, he said, but could I have a bite of your food? Sawyer, Susie gasped. Haruto chuckled. Oh no, he's fine. An effective warrior is a well-nourished warrior. Help yourself. He pushed two of his five plates over to Sawyer. This plate is sushi a classic Japanese dish made with rice and raw fish. These are rolls with raw salmon and vegetables rolled up in rice. That right there is tempura fish, fried fish served on white rice. See if you can eat them with chopsticks. With a wide grin, he handed both Susie and Sawyer a pair of wooden sticks. Sawyer would have preferred a fork, but at this point he'd eat with a shovel if he had to. He fumbled awkwardly with the two sticks as he tried to pick up his first sushi roll. Every time he got it halfway to his mouth, the sticks would crisscross and the food would fall back onto the plate. Susie, of course, figured it out immediately. She delicately grabbed onto a slice of sushi and put it in her mouth. Mmm, that is so good, she said. I love the sauce on that one. Unable to wait any longer, Sawyer stabbed the sushi roll with one of his chopsticks and popped it in his mouth. He gagged and then spit it out. It's not cooked! What part of raw fish did you not understand? Grandpa asked. Haruto laughed while Sawyer poked the fleshy fish with disgust. Try the tempura, Haruto suggested. It's cooked sawyer did as the man said and he was not disappointed the tempura fried fish was amazing perfectly cooked tender and sweet from the sauce do you know where we can find the armor grandma asked Haruto. i know only where the doughed breastplates are he answered my father showed them to me when i was a boy he said that they held the clue to the rest of the armor You'll find the breastplates in the Osaka castle. I'd come help you get them, but I have a match in Tokyo. In fact, if I don't leave now, I'll be late. He picked up the plate of tempura and scarfed down an entire fried fish in a couple bites. Once it was finished, he stood and bowed to them. I hope it really is time for the dragon to end, he said. Good luck. Grandma, Grandpa, and the twins bowed and then finished the food in front of them before leaving the restaurant themselves. With their next destination decided, they hopped on a bus and headed for the Osaka Castle. As the bus slowed to a stop, Sawyer and Susie saw the castle come into view. It looked like a series of triangles stacked on top of each other. It rose high above the trees with its green-tiled roofs and gold trim. Grandma led them off the bus and took them inside. Grandpa quickly explained that the castle was one of the most famous places in all of Japan. He said it was built in the 16th century as a display of power and grandeur by the ruler of Japan, a samurai warlord by the name of Toyotomi Hideyoshi. Susie loved it when Grandpa explained things to them. It always amazed her how much he knew about their destinations. Inside, the Osaka Castle was like a museum, full of ancient Japanese artifacts and displays. Grandma led them to one such display of four samurai breastplates. They were black and had an armored skirt material around the bottom. Grandma looked over her shoulders. Okay, you guys, cover me. I'm going in. You're what? Grandpa whispered. Ellie, you can't steal the armor. Shh! I'm not stealing it. We're borrowing it. The four samurai need it for their mission. She winked at him. We'll bring it back if it survives. Who are the four samurai? Susie asked. Grandma climbed over the rope and grabbed the armor off the display are legendary warriors prophesied to bring down a great evil terrorizing the world. That great evil, of course, is the dragon. Here, put these under your shirts. Hurry. Swear and Susie felt like they were being forced to shoplift as they tucked the armor under their shirts. They felt guilty, but Grandma assured them that if they didn't borrow the armor, a lot of lives could be lost at the hands of the dragon. It made sense so they went along with her plan. "'What about the clue?' Grandpa asked. "'That's right, I almost forgot,' Grandma said. She quickly scanned over the plaques on the display. Uh-huh, "'Yada yada yada. Eleanor. Give me a sec, Kip. I'm not a robot.' "'Yada yada It just goes on to talk about a battle that took place at the Imperial Palace Grounds in Tokyo.' Sounds like some samurai were buried there. That's it, Grandpa said. The next piece of armor is in the Imperial Palace Gardens. I think I know where they're buried. There's a spot marked in the East Garden. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go. Using the Globetrotter tickets, they took the next bus to Japan's capital city, Tokyo, and magically arrived at their destination within minutes. Grandpa and Grandma rushed the twins into the Imperial Gardens and began their search for the samurai graves. Susie skipped along the path, imagining she'd happened upon a fantastical fairy world. It didn't take much to imagine it. The place was otherworldly and beautiful. Perfectly trimmed bushes and bonsai trees lined the path, their mirrored images reflected in serene ponds. Pink flowers from the cherry blossom trees stood out against a green landscape like bundles of pink popcorn. Grandpa led them over a stone arched bridge and stopped in a corner of the east garden where a plaque in the grass commemorated the lives of the samurai warriors. Here it is, Grandpa said. At least, I hope this is the place. I'll take a look around to see if there are any clues about the armor. Grandma squatted down next to the plaque and fixed her big round glasses. Eh, what the heck, she said. Sawyer, help me move this thing, will ya? Sawyer bent down next to her, and together they started pushing the heavy metal plaque aside. Grandpa immediately stormed over. What in the world do you think you're doing? That might be an actual burial site. That didn't stop you from barging into Seti's tomb, Grandma said. That was different, kinda. Grandma and Sawyer pushed the plaque aside and found a big stone opening in the ground, deep enough for Sawyer to jump into. Grandma told him to hop in and take a look. Whoa, Sawyer said as he climbed down, check it out, helmets! Sawyer held up a big rounded helmet that fanned out over the back of the neck and had two horns curving up in front. This thing is sweet! Sawyer tripped over something. Watch your step, Grandpa said. There might be bones down there. Sawyer carefully bent down. No bones. They're just a bunch of helmets. Good, Grandma said. Grab four of them and get out of there before one of the gardeners sees you. Sawyer grabbed four of the samurai helmets and then hopped out. Grandpa and Grandma quickly pushed the plaque back over the hole. Taking one of the helmets from Sawyer, Grandpa looked over its unique symbols. There was a big circle with a line straight down the middle on the forehead of each helmet. Ellie, Grandpa said, do you recognize this symbol? Grandma took the helmet and examined it. Nope, never seen... Wait a sec, that circle there? Uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah, that's the mark of the Stadium of Champions. Where is the Stadium of Champions? Sawyer asked. Downtown Tokyo, Grandpa said. It isn't far from here. You think the rest of the armor is there? Susie asked. It has to be, Grandma said. Good thinking, baby! She grabbed Grandpa's face and kissed his forehead. Let's go! Grandma and Grandpa took the twins downtown into the heart of the city. Tokyo was amazing. The ultra-modern city was full of big, shiny buildings and colorful flashing signs. A green taxi zoomed through the noisy maze of streets before screeching to a stop in front of a big, round building. Above its entrance, the twins noticed the same split-circle symbol found on the samurai helmets. There it is! Sawyer said excitedly as soon as he saw it. Okay, kids, stay close, Grandma said, stepping out of the taxi. This could get dangerous. We're looking for the last thing we'll need to stop the no Gods, The swords of the four samurai. Awesome, Sawyer beamed. Can I hold one? Probably, right? no, Grandpa and Grandma said at the same time. Come on, I think I know where they are. Grandma said. She led them inside. The main foyer opened up to a round stadium full of seats. In the middle of the arena was a circular platform. Two big, round Japanese men pushed each other back and forth within the circle as the crowd cheered. "'Why are those guys fighting in diapers?' Sawyer asked. Susie rolled her eyes. "'Those aren't diapers, Egghead.' "'Haven't you ever seen sumo wrestlers?' Sawyer lit up. "'Oh, man, sumo wrestlers? Can we watch?' "'No time,' Grandma said. "'We gotta get those swords and get out of here. "'Follow me. I bet you anything they're on display in the Hall of Champions.' Grandma took them around the stadium to the back. The curving hallway opened up to a round room with a high ceiling. Pictures and trophies of past sumo champions covered the walls.' At the center of them, raised on a platform, was a giant trophy, probably as big as Susie. Sticking up and fanning out around it like peacock feathers were the samurai swords. Sawyer almost ran up and grabbed one, but stopped when he noticed four Japanese men dressed in black, standing guard in front of them. Grandma and Grandpa and the twins quickly stepped behind a display case. I don't remember there being guards, Grandpa whispered. Grandma shook her head. Me neither. Someone must have tipped them off. Susie focused harder on the men. Could they be the four samurai? There was something familiar about their outfits. She noticed the mark on their shoulder. A dragon. Of course. They're dragon henchmen, she told the others. They have the patches. You kidding me, Grandma whispered. The no must have figured out we'd come here. They must have just got here, otherwise they would have taken the swords for themselves. What do we do? Sawyer asked. We need a distraction, Grandma said. Kip, you... Gotcha! Someone said behind them. Before they could even turn around, two of the dragon henchmen grabbed them and pushed them out into the open. Boss said you'd be coming, one of them said. The other two men left their post to help. Tie them down and get them in the van, said the strongest one. Our orders are to take them directly to him. Eleanor? came a voice. They all turned and saw Haruto step out of the stadium dressed as a sumo wrestler. Are these men causing you trouble? Haruto, you're on in two minutes, said a squirrely little man in the background. Haruto held up a thick hand. Two minutes is all I need. He pulled two samurai swords off the wall and held them up at his sides as he did a deep squat. Sawyer's jaw dropped. Haruto is a samurai? Grandma smiled. A SOMO Samurai. The four henchmen grabbed swords from behind the trophy and charged Haruto. Haruto blocked all four of their attacks. He twirled his two swords around in a series of loud clinks and clacks. With a wide spin, he kicked one of the men against a display case, shattering it to pieces. He followed it with an X block behind his back. Turning, he swiped his swords together and disarmed another henchman before backhanding him out of the way. He sparred with the remaining two, taking wide sumo steps and spinning the swords in his hands. He swiped their swords up, headbutted one of them, and belly bumped the other, sending both men smashing into glass display cases and laying defeated on the floor. The sumo samurai stood in a wide stance, surrounded by shattered glass and moaning henchmen. Haruto, you're up! called the squirrely man in the background. Haruto's intense face melted into a smile. Coming! See you around, Ellie. Thanks, Haruto! Haruto stepped back into the stadium where he was greeted by thousands of cheering fans. Grandpa looked up at a clock on the wall. Eleanor! It's almost four! Quick! Everyone grab a sword! Grandma said. All of them ran up to the swords behind the giant trophy and pulled one loose. Now grab hands, Grandma said. Hurry! Just as they took each other's hands, the clock struck four. Grandma, Grandpa, and the twins vanished into thin air and reappeared plopping down onto the couch in Grandpa's study. Grandma's long, dark hair was all over the place. After a moment of silence, she parted the frizz of hair in front of her face and looked out through her huge round glasses. Are we alive? We did it! Grandpa cheered. No, we didn't, Susie said. We forgot to pick up the four samurai. We got all this armor and forgot the most important part. Dang, I guess I'll just have to take all these swords home now, Sawyer said, trying to act upset. Grandma laughed. "'Oh, you two boonies are a real crack-up. We are the four samurai!' Sawyer and Susie looked at each other, confused. "'We are the ones prophesied to stop the dragon?' Susie asked. "'We're legends?' Sawyer said. Grandma's head bounced from side to side. "'Well, I made up the legend part and the prophecy part,' I just wanted to have a little fun with you, make the search more exciting. So is all this armor just a big joke too? Susie asked. You had a steel samurai gear to get us pumped up to take on the dragon? Grandma laughed some more. Heavens no, I would never do that to you. Although I have gone to great lengths to prank people in the past. But this, this is important. This samurai armor will help us defeat the no-gods, but it only works if those wearing it abide by the samurai Bushido code. What's that? Susie asked. The samurai were a class of highly skilled, noble warriors that abided by a set of virtues. These virtues, or the Bushido code, are justice, courage, mercy, politeness, honesty and sincerity, Honor, loyalty, character, and self-control. The no-gods possess none of these traits, but us, the Boone family, happen to have all of them in abundance. Good thing humility wasn't in there, Grandpa mumbled. I'll admit I could improve in the politeness category, but I'm working on it, Grandma said. So how does the armor and sword work? "'Sawyer asked. "'The breastplate and helmet are practically invincible. "'They protect from physical attacks as well as the dangers of globe-jumping.' "'Whoa, whoa, whoa, globe-jumping?' Sawyer interrupted. "'See that little notch in the center of the chest there?' "'Grandma pointed to a small hole in the center of each breastplate. "'You snap the magical globe into that hole "'and take it with you as you jump from location to location.' Sawyer and Susie couldn't believe it. Bringing the globe with them while traveling all over the world? Grandma pointed to the swords. Don't worry, I don't expect you to do much fighting with these. These serve a much greater purpose. They're globe cutters. Their blades are made of the same material as the magical globes, so they're the only thing strong enough to break them. Wait, Globes? There are more than one of these things? Susie asked, pointing to Grandpa's globe. Grandma shrugged. Of course. So if you're saying we need the swords to split a magical globe and that we're going to stop the dragon, then you're saying that the No Guards Have a magical globe, Grandma finished. At least one that I know of, maybe more. How do you think they were able to successfully start so many crime operations all over the world? Sawyer's mind was blown. Wha-t? We're going to break the no-guards' globe? Susie asked. Grandma threw them both a helmet. We're going to cut it to pieces. Hey, Rocketeers! I hope you guys learned a little something about Japan during that adventure. Japanese culture is incredible. I barely scraped the surface. But I did have to throw something about sushi in there. I happen to really enjoy sushi. Not the super raw stuff, but I'm kind of more of that middle-tier sushi fan. I remember the first time I tried sushi, I had a friend who worked at a sushi restaurant. And she invited me to have lunch with her. And I got there a little early. I was maybe five, ten minutes early. And so I sit down at this table. And a waiter comes up and sticks a little dish in front of me. And it has what looked like little wet tortillas and a little blob of guacamole. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of an interesting appetizer. But what the heck? I've never had sushi. I want to dive in. So I took one of those soggy tortillas, and I took a big glob of guacamole, and I smeared it onto that tortilla, and I rolled it up like a mini burrito, and I noticed that a bunch of the faces are now turning towards me in the restaurant as I take this soggy guacamole roll and pop it into my mouth. And after two chews, I spit it out. I'm, kah, kah. and everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I grab my water and I start chugging it. And the waiter runs up. He's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, what is that stuff? And he's like, that green stuff is wasabi. And those slices right there are ginger. So wasabi is actually a super spicy paste that you can mix a tiny pinch of into soy sauce to give your sushi a little kick. And then I grabbed a whole glob of it, thinking it was guacamole, and threw it into my mouth and rolled it up on top of that into this pure ginger, which already has a really strong taste in and of itself, which you're supposed to kind of just nibble at to clear your palate in between sushi rolls but no i just dove in and scarfed down a bunch of this stuff and everybody looked at me like i was crazy the waiter was uh pretty amused as you can imagine and so when my uh, friend finally came into the restaurant i think i was red in the face with tears streaking down my cheeks because it was so hot in my mouth but i got over it drank some water and actually enjoyed the sushi And I've enjoyed it ever since, despite the fake fiery guacamole. So be careful out there, Rocketeers. When you're trying sushi, make sure you don't make it too spicy. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to tune in next Monday for an all-new adventure. If you have a second, leave us a review on Facebook or on iTunes. Shoot me an email and tell me what you think of these stories. I'd love to get your feedback. I appreciate the support. You guys are awesome. This is your host, Greg Webb.